Welcome to Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. I'm film critic Gary Cogill, and today two new films are often running in local theaters. One is a potential Oscar contender, starring the great Jessica Chastain. She plays a hard-nosed Washington lobbyist. It's called Miss Sloan. And the other is not an Oscar contender, <laughs> but it did make me laugh here and there. It's called Christmas Office Party with Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> just, and, just here and there, though. And who else? Jason Bateman is in it. Well, of course he is. Um, I'm Svalier Haley Hamilton Cogill. Um, for the very rigid, very cold, stubborn, detached Miss Sloan, I thought we'd talk about some austere wines today. And instead of pairing your eggnog luge with a <laughs> stiff office party drink, we'll talk about some good wines for your holiday table as oh. we are in the midst of the season right now. And I am a little bit sleep drunk. I did just get off a plane from Uruguay traveling as a guest of Bodega Garzon. We'll talk a little bit more about my adventure in, in, in the nice warm sunshine of South America a little bit later. But first, Gary, let's talk about Miss Sloan. What'd you think? Well, I think it's a good film and not a great film. And I wanted it to be a great film. I'd heard a lot about this film. So going into it, my expectations are high. It's, uh, it's directed by John Madden. John Madden did Shakespeare in Love oh, which and won the Academy love. Award. Yeah. It's a great, by the way, what film did that beat for Best Picture? And it shocked Saving everybody. Private Ryan? Yes, right. Shakespeare in Love was Best Picture, and you called it. Yeah. Saving Private Ryan <laughs> probably came in second. But he also did the uh, Best Exotic Marigold Hotel, and he did the follow-up to that, the mm -hmm. second best. <laughs> you know. More exotic? <laughs> yeah, and of course, uh, Jessica Chastain. Oh, my God. I mean, the Tree of Life. She is so good in that film um, with Brad Pitt, you know, that, that shot in boys, Austin. Yeah. And those two little boys. Uh, also, take shelter, but she she bursts on we the really scene at zero her. dark thirty. Yeah, we yeah. really, really. I think that she's great. I think she's a lovely. Yeah, I think she's lovely, and I think she's an incredible actress. At one point, there's a discussion you can make about who is the next Meryl Streep, and when I say that, I I go kind to her first. To her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it hasn't panned out so far. That she's in The Martian. She's in Interstellar. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. But Miss Sloan's a big film for her, and there's a lot of Oscar buzz because, you know, you've got to nominate five women for Best Actress. I think oh, there's so many good women. I think she's year. in that mix of the top seven or eight or mm -hmm. ten. Don't know if she'll make the top five. But here's the deal she's, she's a power broker, Washington lobbyist. She is for sale with her firm. Sam Waterston's in that firm, mm -hmm. and there's a bunch of people in that f that you'll recognize. They all look like they're on newsroom, including Some Allison of them Pill. Were. <laughs> exactly, they just swapped shows. So she kind of runs the show. I'm not going to use the B word with her because she's just a very hard driven, hard nosed, tough and woman. She runs absolutely. everything. She runs everything in front of her. She is. Well, I don't think she okay. answers to really anyone. Because that's the thing. You said you wouldn't use the B word, but if no. that was a man, would you? It's, and that's why that's I wouldn't the use whole, the B word because I, know. I, I think that's really offensive. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. She is just a strong, focused, determined. She she is feisty. She, well, she's she's more she, than feisty. She's yeah. rude. Yeah, she doesn't have any compassion. She has <laughs> she has no personal life, sort of. Yes, <laughs> but she has she has no relationships. No. She has nothing. She and is very very focused and driven by her career. By her career, and so there, there she's a and very flawed a, person. Yeah. I think she's a very flawed person. She's kind of the person you want to have in the trenches with you. Yeah. And just moving on into the beginning of the film, then I'll I'll stop there. Is uh, she want uh, the the gun lobby wants to hire her to represent them mm -hmm. in Washington, and she throws that back in their face and spends most of the movie fighting lobbying against the gun lobby. 
and and she has a big turnaround and she leaves the firm and that's where the film kind of takes off of what that is. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's a political thriller and I think it's um, it's a human being thriller. She's the center of attention the entire time. It was very talky. It's a very talky film, and I think the payoff at the end of the film is okay, not great. Mm-hmm. And I kept watching this film going, I really like her, and I don't love the film. Yeah. Or I'll even say, I really love her in this film, but I don't really love, love the film. The film. So, sometimes the performance of a film, to me, and this is a good example, is that the, the, it it's just rises the above. The, is, yes, because there's some, there's some conventional things that you can figure out halfway through that film if you want to. I also don't think it's the script is remarkable, and I wanted it. Right. I wanted it to be on her level. Yeah. And so, and then I started seeing all the advertisements for the film, like, "Ooh, Jessica Chastain could win an Oscar for the first time." And so you go in with all these high expectations. Mm-hmm. Movies are what they are, not what you want them to be. Mm-hmm. So you have to throw all that out the window. Watch the film for what it is, and I think it's a good film and not a great That's film. It's interesting. It's kind of yeah. like you can have a great vineyard but a bad winemaker and you might not have a good wine or you could have a great winemaker that you know with bad fruit and what do you do so, what do you do with a good winemaker what? and bad fruit well well the, the film that i would compare it to and i wanted it to be that was michael clayton yeah because that on I the agree. male version michael clayton is a tough guy also mm-hmm. has lots mm-hmm. of flaws mm-hmm. but that's a better film than miss sloan to mm-hmm. me that's I a agree. top 10 film of that year for me so but I think your wine analogy is really good because I, I'm, I'm watching this film and I'm thinking, what do I want to drink with this? Well, and I think it's just kind of the um, – I don't know if I would necessarily drink – well, yeah. I think that that by definition, if you think about what austere wines are, and it is kind of one of those wine terms that that's thrown around a lot and it's like, oh, this wine is so austere. And basically, it just means that, that it's very hard and it's very rigid and it's very um, – um, kind of abrasive, and and that's not always a uh, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Right. It's not necessarily a good thing, but it's basically it's kind of a term that's used in and wine speak. Um, if there's a wine that's very very high in acid or it's very very high in tannin that hasn't really allowed um, you haven't allowed the the tannins to soften or round out or the fruit to to really fully express itself which it probably will with some some time to age it in a bottle so it really basically means that it's a very hard dry wine that lacks the kind of richness and and generosity of of juiciness that you expect with wine and i think often a lot of old world wines could be considered very austere so you think about mm. a a young a, a young bordeaux that maybe um has had um a lot of time both aged in a barrel so you have tannin and oak influence in that wine as well as as just the the inherent flavors of the actual vineyards especially probably in a a cooler vintage rather than a warmer vintage because a warmer vintage is automatically going to increase the juiciness of of a wine it will increase the the fruit um, because basically heat make or the higher the the bricks the higher the sugars the more the the juicier the wines will be and in cooler vintages the the fruit is little is usually a little um, earthier 
Um, you think about some of these really kind of intense and 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 very rigid Barolos that once they soften, they're, it's, I mean, the Nebbiolo fruit, that's just like, it's magic. It's, it's, it's like I dream about a, a great Barolo, but man, for some of these very, very traditionally made old world Barolos, they're so intense and bracing when you first get them that, um, when they're first bottled, that that you you really don't want to drink them. So an austere wine probably, I'm generalizing here, would not be ready to probably drink. It absolutely. Yeah, it yeah. just needs time. It needs time, and, and it might need a lot of time. It might need a lot of time. That's it a might perfect need, analogy. Might need you know 40 years, and then uh. what do you do if you have to wait? If you're looking at this bottle, and so if you do find a wine, and maybe you, it's something that, and and again, I would go. It's not traditionally going to be like your Zinfandel because that's just inherently very juicy and it's not going to be your Merlot. Although there are probably examples of both because you still have oak aging. Yeah. There's still tannins and red wines. Also really high acid wines like some of the, the Alto Adige really, really, you know, just like bracing some of the Rieslings that are so bracing and 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 intensely crisp that hasn't had time to kind of soften with some bottle aging is just decant it. You know, if you try something that isn't, that isn't, that, that just, you almost get an astringency um, and, and you, 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 can't, it's not pleasurable to drink, yeah. <laughs> then, then just throw it in a decanter. And even if that decla- decanter is just like a, a pitcher and and kind of just swish it around and, and get some air into it because the, the oxidation of the wine will help it kind of open up and soften. I think, I can, I think calling her character austere is perfect yeah. because she's so focused and oh, so hard-nosed. Hard. And we said all of these adjectives are descriptors that are not necessarily male or female yeah. or good or bad. Or good or bad, exactly. But they are flawed because if you're going to drink it right now, it's probably not ready. It's a little, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it can be but abrupt also, when you drink it. Well, and I think that as as everything kind of comes around, there will be a time that that is the perfect wine. There's a payoff. And and there is a time in her life that Miss Sloan will, will get to that next place. Right. Because that's, you know, that's just part of human nature. Yeah. That's for a, life. That's so. one of the best pairings. Oh, good. I, I love that. Can we talk about Christmas <laughs> yes. office party? So I'm sad I missed this. I'm very, very sad I missed seeing this this week. So there, there's a movie. you'll mo- probably never see it again, will you? There's a movie I wanted to, to compare it to, and I can't because it's not even on the same level. And it's the movie that we talk about every once in a while that... That is dumb. It's you know, it's vulgar. It's it's one of those movies, but it made us laugh it's a lot. It's not vulgar. It's not vulgar. It's actually sweet. It's very. It's fantastic. Is, yeah. It's called "I Love You, Man." We love "I Love You, Man." No, we love love actually, but we we, we love "I Love You" for man. holiday films. Yes, but just, "I Love You, Man." Paul Rudd just playing the bass and uh, slapping the bass to Rush <laughs> makes me just makes me go drives me crazy. And there are Rush references in this film too. You know what? Um, Christmas office party is produced by the guy, one of the executive producers of Game of Thrones. Are you kidding? No, and he's done a bunch of bad movies, and then he does Game, Game of, of Thrones. Thrones. <laughs> so, well, I guess that's you know he puts all of his energy into yeah. Game of Thrones, <laughs> and it's got <laughs> Olivia Munn in it, and um, yeah, you, Ms. Munn. I mean, Munn. It looked I like, like a, it looked like such a fun, great cast, and it's got the two of the girls from Saturday Night Live that we love a lot, but it's also got Courtney B. Vance. Who was the attorney in the OJ oh, yeah, series? Oh yeah, the OJ. 
who was, <laughs> and I'm going to take you back, who was the original son in Fences on Broadway. Oh, yeah. And he was also uh, the Will Smith character in Six Degrees of Separation on Broadway in the, in the original production. So you have all these, you have a serious, Courtney Vance is yeah, a serious actor. Good actors. T.J. Miller's kind of the, one of the leads. Great comedy it. actors. Jason Bateman, you know, Jennifer Aniston plays a hard-nosed, focused, austere woman. Uh, <laughs> so the whole idea is that, the, you know, their company's about to close. Jennifer Aniston's going to close it down. Her brother runs it. She can't stand her brother. So they throw one big office party. And they invite their number one future client, paid by Courtney B. Vance, and all hell breaks loose. I mean, the building gets on fire. You know, they have a snow machine, and a drug dealer throws coke in it. There's all kinds of stuff. They're, they're, but they have, they have an eggnog luge. And that's all I'll say. <laughs> and that's the funniest scene in the movie. And I still giggle thinking about how dirty, funny the eggnog luge is. But um, it, it, listen, I think it's a 20-minute film in a 90-minute time frame. Oh, so when it comes on cable, I'll either watch it if I think a funny scene's coming up. Or I won't watch it. It's, Whereas we will watch I Love You, Man. We'll watch I we Love will, You, Man. There is a sweetness to a that film. <laughs> but but I, Christmas Office Party is kind of exactly what you think it is and slightly disappointing for what it probably should be yeah. compared to everybody that's in it. But, it, you know, some people are going to laugh the whole way through. I laugh for 20 minutes and 20 is hey, more 20's than 20 is good for you. 20 is more than most of been, these. I know because some of them are so bad that you can't even sit through them. Yeah. And is there any question that they're going to get the client that it's all going <laughs> to probably <laughs> work. work out? And then it becomes, you know, a, you know, a drug dealer movie and a bunch of other stuff. But Christmas office party. We Have you ever been to an office party out of control? Have you ever been to one? Oh, yeah. I don't think I've ever been to one completely out of control. It was never, you know, Nielsen days weren't like that. But I did, I have, I was a guest at some very, very You saw crazy parties. stuff? I saw some crazy stuff. People on tables? So, um, I wasn't there to <laughs> see this film. But we love holiday films. This is just <laughs> not the one. So we're going to transition a little bit. Okay. <laughs> as, I, as, I, as I don't go into that holiday party story. Um, so, yes, if you are looking, you know, my favorite holiday film, White Christmas. Christmas, Love Actually, um, if Elf is up there for you, or, Love Elf. you know, Santa, I know there. him. I know him. Um, thought of, that it would, you know, it's very timely to think about some, some wines for your holiday table. So something kind of warm and toasty and spicy and it's a little cold outside. So this is actually a great time to drink Zinfandel. Ah, better than an eggnog luge. Than an eggnog luge. Well, and, and you know, sometimes we, we did reference Zinfandel around election days because they are often quite high in alcohol, which actually might be the perfect wine if you're entertaining your in-laws right now because you may just want everybody to have a little bit of extra alcohol. Um, but they're also, you know, it's they're they're juicy and they're spicy and you've got lots of pepper notes and lots of kind of jammy fruit flavors. Um, and then you and and very, very friendly, very approachable, really good if you're grilling, really good if you've got um, you know, like a rack of lamb, if you're mm-hmm. doing um some some steaks on the grill, kind of depending upon what your holiday tradition is. It's a really, really Prime good rib. pairing. Probably I want I don't know if I do Zim 
Zin and prime rib, but I will with my other wine that I'm going to talk about. Oh, okay. But um, I think it's a it's it's probably something you, you kind of want something that's going to have a little bit of char on it. Whereas I think prime rib is usually like, don't you like? Yeah, roast? it's not a char. Yeah, it's roasted. Um, to kind of bring out some of that kind of. That's uh, why you're the wine expert. Juicy <laughs> flavor. Um, a few that we we like Sprajas a lot. Um, if you look at kind of the Dry Creek region of of Northern Sonoma, they do some really nice Zinfandel Sprajas. A good one, and then Ravenswood, one of the oldest kind of um, um, wine making Zinfandel properties in California. Some of Joel Peterson's single vineyard. Um, Zinfandels are really, really beautiful. Um, you know, you might spend a little bit more than your typical like eight dollar bottle of Ravenswood Zinfandel, but it'll be worth it. Yeah, single vineyard. You have to look for that on the bottle. Yeah, well, th- it'll just say oh. like a vineyard name, like Old Hill is one, I think. Hmm. And um, he also has a blend that's really interesting that has some Petite Syrah in it, also that's kind of a big hearty red called Icon that's really lovely. I tend to, I tend to over like really expensive Zins. I don't know. I love Charlie. Well, and, you, and you love Black Sears. Black yeah. Sears it's, is. The best up I've on ever Howl had, Mountain. which is next to Turley. Yeah, it's they. Yes, Turley uses some of the Black Sears um, yes. fruit for for one of their wines. Um, really, you know, so that's kind of a fun if you're looking for a juicy, hearty, a little bit higher alcohol red. I was looking at a bottle the other day of one though, and I think the alcohol level on it was like. Seventeen point nine. Get out of like, town. <laughs> that's that for wine. That's, that's very very Christmas high. Party. It is um, another one, and I I love this any time of year, uh, but I really am such a Cab Franc fan. You know, I I love single single variety Cab Franc bottlings. It's it's traditionally one of the a blending more of a blending grape from from Bordeaux, um, but I love it when it's on its own because you. You bring in all of these kind of floral, herbal notes, really fruity, really juicy, um, kind of kind of uh, not as not as like red fruit, but almost like black fruit kind of flavors. Uh, La Hota up on Howl Mountain. Maryvale makes a beautiful one from Napa. Verite, we love Pierre. We've, we've talked about him several Verite's times. Verite's a great one, yeah. Um, Spring Valley Vineyards up in Walla Walla makes a really, really, the Catherine Cabernet Franc is a really beautiful wine. Um, and then just this week had a Cabernet Franc from Bodega Garçon that was, it was one of my, they're kind of known for their Tanat uh, as their main red that they grow, but this Cab Franc, and it had just a little bit of chill on it because it is summertime down there. And it was just, it was just such a beautiful, well-rounded, really, really approachable, lovely, lovely wine. So let's, you want to take a little break? Yeah, it's going to get us right to our next segment. When we come back on Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing, Haley's first person account (laughs) of her wine and food experience this past week in the South American country of Uruguay. I can't wait. We'll be right back. And we're back on Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. And this past week, Haley spent some time drinking wine, eating great food in Uruguay. I've seen the photos, but she's just off the plane, slightly sleep drunk. (laughs) Say hello to the first-hand account Uruguay woman, wine and food person, my wife, Somalia Haley Hamilton Kilgill. So So all things, was it what you thought it would be? It was a really, really special trip, and and I— Again, kind of just have these pinch me moments like, wow, it was Uruguay wasn't really a, a country on my radar. I love Argentina. I've talked about Argentina a few times. I, I think that there's a magical mysticism to Mendoza that I just am always kind of attracted to, to that, um, to the region. 
but it, I had never really thought, oh, well, here's this whole other country. And then to to go and see what um, Bodega Garzon has done on their property, uh, it was it's it's incredibly it, it's incredibly impressive, and and really exciting, especially in a, a country that's still really developing a lot of. There's like three million people live in the entire country. Of in which, the entire country, of which one is one million are in is are are in the capital. So Montevideo has a million of those three million. So and it's not a small country. It's not like Rhode Island. It's it's a it's, it's a good size. But country. you get out of Montevideo and there's it's pretty sparse. And it's very very sparse. So it's. There, hmm. I think um, so. Bodega Garzon was established. I kind of give a little bit yeah. of a background. Established in 2008 um, by an Argentine oil and gas billionaire, um, Alejandro Bugalaroni. I'm sorry, Bugalaroni. Bugalaroni. I, they, I like they, some extra sauce in my uh, Bugalaroni. They, they yeah. ro- the the R role I'm still working on. And his wife Bettina um, found the town of Garzon. And in, uh, in 1999, they they kind of it looked very Tuscan. It had rolling hills, and it had um, they saw potential. And really, it's in the middle of nowhere. And if you think there's it's it's on the kind of southern coast, south uh, southeast coast. If you think about um, where Montevideo is, which is kind of in the the middle of the country, but on the the southern, I guess like southern end, and and the Atlantic Ocean is underneath, and mm-hmm. then Punta del Este is their kind of other big, um, very popular, kind of very beachy, beautiful, touristy town, and then Jose Ignacio is this new, um, kind of the new hot spot beach town. So outside of Jose Ignacio, about 30 minutes into the countryside is this little tiny town of Garzon. And uh, Garzon, I think probably 20 years ago, had like 2,000 people in this little village. And it, the train stopped there, and it was probably more than 20 years ago. And it ha- had kind of a nice little bustling community. And now I think in the town of Garzon, there are like 98 people. So it's, there's nobody living in this little wow, town. Wow, it's small. And But there's just all of this land. And so Alejandro and his wife found this piece of land and they first started with olive trees because they wanted to, they have a a fantastic olive oil production. They have almond trees and then they planted vineyards. And their vineyards, I think that they have around 700 acres of vineyards that are divided into like 1,100 different vineyard blocks. So they really focused on making sure that each block of vines was, you know, slanted the right way. And it was also the right variety because they're known for their Alperino and their Tanat, but they also are growing Cab Franc and, and Pinot Noir and Sauvignon Blanc and um, Petit Verdot or Petit yeah, Petit Verdot and, and, and... And they're making rosés out of those, And the, the rosé of Pinot Noir, and then they all oh. of a sudden have this traditional method sparkling wine that was just incredible. They need to make more of. Um, Are they big production? They're, I think they have potential to be, but it's still really starting. They planted the... The, the winery was established in 2008. Yeah, so, so it's young. It's very, very young. And they... they it's exciting to see something that that one it has already grown pretty incredibly. It's um, they just finished and and had a, a great grand opening of the winery I think last March, 
um, in this brand new winery facility that they're very close to having it lead certified. It's the first, I think, winery outside of the U.S. that will be lead certified. So it's completely sustainably built with a big focus on the environment. He has wind turbines up on on the mountain ridge to bring in, you know, clean energy. He's an oil and gas the billionaire. Oil and gas billionaire. But he has with, wind turbines. With, with clean energy. Wow. Um, he uh, and and I think one of the the most exciting things is you think about this area that that I I was very unfamiliar. It was kind of like the when I I went to Galicia in Spain that you you think Spain is going to be very dry and very arid and and poor you know water is going to be the the most difficult resource that they have and it's actually very very rainy. It gets very very cool in the the kind of s- springtime and fall and winters. It's not. It doesn't snow like in the Andes in Argentina, but it gets very cold and it has this great rain and the soils are filled with sand and rocks and and it's very, very similar to to Galicia and Rias Bashas. So I would think it'd be dry and arid. Exactly. And and instead it's it's it it has the potential to be very green. And so and they get lots and lots of rain. And so growing Albarino is also perfect because they're also right by the sea. So yeah. you get that kind of salinity and this very crisp and floral and 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 citrus filled white wine that then brings in that kind of that earthy salinity just like it like the great Albarinos of Spain. So if it's near the, if it's next to the ocean, then I would assume there's fish everywhere. There's fish, but it's also your, you know, it's Uruguay. It's 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 the land of meat. It's the land of the gaucho because it's and the next land to Argentina. Of, of of yes, and chimichurri and 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 great olive oil. There's so much. Like I think everything was was doused with this incredible incredible olive oil. And it's it's the the in addition to what Alejandro has done in this region, Francis Malman, the the incredible chef that I'm I'm rather in awe of, uh, kind of has also taken this town of Garzon and and focused on re kind of building the community. He he built a hotel there. He built uh, he built a hotel in a town of ninety people and and a restaurant and. And he, through the holiday season over the next, they have about a kind of two-week high season, <laughs> two weeks of high season. Um, that's the mid-summertime also, that he'll be in that restaurant every night cooking. And and So a Christmas office party would include all 90 people. It would include everybody. <laughs> exactly. You could invite everybody well, in the town. And that's pretty, well, and I think they all probably wow. work for him because we did, uh, we were we were privileged to have dinner at his home on top of a mountain. And I think there were 10 of us, there were 10 guests, and I think about 15 people to to execute the dinner. So Wait, should, 10 are dining and 15, 15 are serving? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, also, we watched this uh, Chef's Table episode with, with exactly. Francis Mullen. Yes, and I'm in, I'm in I'm in awe just talking to you right now that you ate in his home and he cooked for you, and then you spent some time talking with him. And he's it, it you you just never really know what a chef of this stature is, and he's um he he has such a a spirituality to him, and he has mm-hmm. such a kind of he's very introspective, and I think he he's also very appreciative of of where he is and who he is and how he's gotten here and. And he's all, but he, you know, I think he 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 travels twenty days a, a month. He's with his wife ten days each month. That's all. Um, and he he has homes all over the place. I think if if he ever built a, a restaurant in Paris, then he would never come back to to this part of the world. <laughs> he would stay right. in, in in France the rest of his life. So I, I think that he's being being asked to do that, and he's holding off. But it's also. 
I don't know how his cooking would really, I'm sure, you know, there's a place for everything, but it's hearty. It's, it's charred, charred vegetables and it is big cuts of of meat and yeah. and that's his thing and he has built this this fantastic grill that, that but it's not our kind of grill no that it's we have. it's it almost looks like a teepee yeah, <laughs> with it, it with like a grill pan on the with a massive grill pan that has coals underneath it and wood underneath it and it circles it and all it's the way a circle around. and yeah. you lay your vegetables and such and then uh, like on steaks, kind of leaning in, you you have your meat roasting. It's it's very and it's much hanging, that kind the of meat is hanging. The vegetables are, and then the meat's like it's probably that whole like yeah. cafe de Brazil or yeah. whatever. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm obviously not the meat eater in the yeah, family, but, but but spending time with him, I mean, is he as interested in you as you are of him? He, I sure. I think you know. I'm I'm usually a, a very, you're an interesting person well but i'm also a i try to i'm a very good listener and i i tried to ask questions and and just kind of wanted to to appreciate that moment and listen to his stories yeah. but, you know i'm not I, I i don't volunteer like here let's talk about me especially with somebody that i respect so much so i was just i was just really appreciative to to have the time with him and then to find him to be so warm and welcoming and and gracious to to have you know ten or have ten people in his home on the top of a mountain. So you're eating those. outside. Yeah, outside. So you ate at his restaurant the next night. The next night was that indoors. It was indoors and and so it's hotel Garza, or it's Garzon Hotel and Restaurant. Yeah. Um, and I think the hotel maybe has five rooms and and the restaurant you you don't really check into the hotel you just walk into the restaurant and they give you a key. Um, <laughs> Do the doors have tiny. locks? Um, the, the, the next door casita doesn't because it's like the, the, the rollover. <laughs> the hotel's full. They have another little... little. Uh, it's only 90 people in the whole town. They kind of know everybody. <laughs> everybody's going to be there. Um, it's across the street from, from you know the little pool hall neighborhood That's like bar. Andy of Mayberry. They know the one <laughs> drunk in town is going to arrive every night and sleep in jail. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so he's not going to bother you. It's, um, wow. Wow. It's, well, and I think that that's the nice thing. So, you know, with what Francis has done, what Chef has done, and now with what Bodega Garzon has done, they're really increasing the tourism opportunities for for this community. Um, both, it's, like I said, it's 30 minutes from Jose Ignacio, it's an hour from Punta del Este, and, and they have a really, really, Bodega Garzon has put together a really great team, and that was also kind of the nice thing about this week. You never, we got to spend a lot of time with just their their GM and their winemakers and and who I have dubbed their director of fun reminded me a lot of Marty from Koaniki, um, their hospitality lead that that I think he's also their golf pro and I think he he also is there to kind of make sure everybody is taken care of the Nicholas. great Marty Kiter yes yeah um, and Nicholas I'm going to completely blast your name but it's Cole Cole Okay, it's Nicholas, you know. Nicholas. (laughs) Nicholas. We love Nicholas. Um, Kovalenko. Thank you. Um, Just a really, really incredible, incredible group of people. Their GM, Christian Wiley, is is an ex-Chilean rugby player. It's just like they're... they're fun. They're fun people. They're fun well. You guys. gotta want to be there, though. And I, what I find fascinating is, and I'm dying to ask you, what's the best pairing 
What's the best wine and food pairing that you had the you whole know, time? Well, this is what was so fun. And that's I, I talked about the Cab Franc a little bit in the last segment. We tasted the Cab Franc when we did uh, we did an olive oil tasting at their olive oil mill. So they have a winery on one property and then kind of across the street um, in their agro lands, they have the, the olive oil um, where they press the olive oil and, and bring all the— Uruguayan? Uruguayan? Guay, yes. Olive, olive oil. oil. And it was—it's oh, just— delicious um i think dean and deluca carries it and it's i'm like obsessed with it now but um we had the cab franc tasting when we were doing the olive oil tasting which i'm not saying the two those two melded together but there's there's such a kind of grassiness and a spiciness to some of the, the olive oil that we tasted that it really kind of I think it just like melded really beautifully, hmm. but the um, best grassy olive oil I've had is from Oregon. Yes, we like the 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 Red Ridge Farm. Yes, that um, I think the I remember that that whole grassy rest, feel yeah. to it, and then, and then it's spicy too. Yeah. Well, and I think that that's you want to look for bitterness, you want to look for for that kind of spice and that kind of grassiness. Oh. Those are all kind of things you look for in, in tasting olive oil. Um, oh, back to the pairing. So yes, I'm trying to think. You know, I we were we kind of did a roundtable with um, my fellow travelers before we left. Like, what was the best meal? And they were all so unique. We did a beautiful. So the the winery has just opened a, a brand new restaurant that we we had a, a full spread an, an octopus dish that they did um, that day was just beautiful with the Albarino the the reserve uh, Al, Albarino. Um, we went to a restaurant called Loesha um, and Jose Ignacio that, you know, just had a beautiful whole fish with a rosé of Pinot Noir. And, you know, wow. call me a day, a fish that was caught, like the fish of the day that was caught right, you know. Right there. R- 20 feet away so it's i think it just everything we were also talking a lot about you know why does the, why does everything taste so good and why is is everything so um authentic and it's just because it's all so real I was also surprised how i don't know i'm not going to say everyone is healthy but they all looked very healthy because i think i saw maybe three heavy people I I, wow. I I mean like there one oh, of them was a photo of me. Stop that. <laughs> the 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 obesity that I think sometimes somebody who comes to to our great country sees when they land in our airports, you don't see that. And hmm. they eat a lot of bread, they eat a lot of olive oil, they eat a lot of meat. Drink a lot of wine. They drink a lot of wine. It's that whole kind of Mediterranean diet, but it's all real. It's it's real food. And that I think that when you eat Real food that's not processed yep. and 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 not filled with chemicals. It's, you can you can do that, and I think they also exercise a lot. So there's a picture of you with Francis Moman that I just uh, I will treasure forever. You that, think you will? You, <laughs> so I, I think I, th- I think it's. I, I want to go back and watch that chef's table yeah. again because well, that now we have a in, no, new reference point. That to moment it. in particular too, because I was you know we were in his home and I was just kind of checking things out and and he's just come come sit with me yeah. on this rock. This rock came from right here and 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 I just kind of chiseled it to make a little bench and so sit here and just. 
talk to me yeah. for a minute. Wow. It's like, holy cow. Wow. How'd I get here? Wow. Isn't, it, isn't that awesome? <laughs> it was so a really on a, wonderful On a scale experience. from one to trip, one to ten, your trip to Uruguay is a... It was a fantastic experience. Yeah. yeah that's one that will definitely a go ten, down. A nine? Yeah. That will definitely yeah. go down in the books. That was, I, I'm, as I said, I, I'm very, very appreciative and thankful and, and, and now I can't wait because I'm excited to see, as I said, what they're going to do because they're the wines are great now, and they are opening a hotel. They have just opened this restaurant. There is this golf course. I think that there's a lot more to come, along with just the age of the vines getting older. The vines are like eight years old. So yeah. as those vines get older, those wines are going to continue to evolve. Quick last question. Uh, you flew from Dallas to Miami. How far from my? How long from Miami? It's a it's a trek. Montevideo. It was nine and a half hours. Okay, and then it's if you stay yeah. a day in Jose Ignacio, it's another two hours, two hours and fifteen minutes, wow. and then to get to the winery. I mean, it's from Montevideo to to Bodega Garzón. It's probably about three hours. Wow, it's a big country. It's and it's but it's someplace that I would like to see again. And that's the other side. You know, Jose Ignacio is not a fancy place. It's it kind of is it, it's it's shab- it's definitely on the shabby side of shabby chic, but it's also like it's it's one of the most It's gravel roads mostly, isn't it? Absolutely. Dirt yeah. roads. And but it's also where more celebrities are going these days than than anywhere else in the world because nobody, nobody cares they're there. No, and and you can have a beard and scraggly hair and you just look like everybody else. Well, that sounds like a good place for you and I to go. Hey, welcome back. Thanks, babe. Welcome back, sweetheart. Next week on Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing, my favorite film so far this year. It's a wonderful musical. It's shot on the streets of Los Angeles. It stars Ryan Gosling and the great Emma Stone. It's called La La Land. Also, Natalie Portman is getting a lot of Oscar buzz for playing the wife of JFK in a difficult film called Jackie. And Will Smith, he just wants to tug at your heartstrings with Kieran Knightley and Kate Winslet and Helen Mirren. That film is called Collateral Beauty. I can't wait. Yeah. We love La La Land. We love it. Uh, for more, though, on any of the films or wines we talked about today, and I'll have some additional holiday favorites, please check out our blog on cogillconsulting.com or through our Facebook page. Be sure to follow Gary on Twitter at Gary Cogill. And to see what we're drinking now, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Dallas Uncorked. And with that, I'm Gary Cogill, and as usual, I'm looking for the next great film. And I'm Haley Hamilton Cogill, always in search of a great glass of wine. Join us next time on Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing.